Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post-game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Freaking eight. <laughs> eight in a row now? This is just getting out of hand. Uh, the title of this or the description, whatever. This is just getting ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> where was this? I guess this is as we, we've said it a bunch of times. Even when they were their consistent, annoying selves, the, these Philadelphia Flyers, when they get good goaltending, they tend to win. And now this is just beyond the good goaltending thing. Um, they're getting great goaltending. and They're getting it on a freaking nightly basis. I have no idea if Carter Hart can sustain this. Um, you know, at this age, I, I, I always expected Carter Hart to come in and be a number one Um at some point, you know, in his in his professional career, uh, I have no idea if he can keep this up for the rest of the year or into the playoffs if they're lucky enough to get there or to start next season and do it for a full, you know, 50-plus games. But, my God, is this a fun story right now. And one of the first comments I have in front of me is Calder Hart. Um, I, I think it's just going to be Patterson in – Man, if he keeps this up and gets this team into the playoffs, he's going to be a finalist. Um, you know, there, there's a couple, there, there's some candidates, but he can be in that top three, and uh, he could be at the NHL awards if um, if he keeps this up. Because Jesus, this is just this is insane right now. I mean, the saves he's making, the clutch saves, the timely saves uh, for a team that uh, they mentioned it during the broadcast. I think. Um, a team that seems to need to ease its way into games. We've seen how many times this season and over the last couple of years, they're trailing after one or they give up the first goal, whatever it is. He just keeps them in early and then they get their chances that they normally, uh, that they normally pick up. And then, you know, you have a good hockey game from there and the Flyers are able to go on and win. What, what were they outshot tonight? The sh shots end up being 42 30 for the Canucks. Uh, let's see here. They get 18 shots in the third period alone. Um, and the Flyers only mustered four. Outshot 18 to four in the third period. Come away with that uh, with that two to one victory. We have a goalie on our hands, folks. We have a legit goaltender on our hands. Number 79, Carter Hart. Uh, I love it. Let's just get to your stuff because what else is there to say? Uh, what shirt is that? This is too early, but this is a, it's a Japanese, uh, uh, Cactus Jack shirt. It's got the tournament of death on the back. 2000th franchise win. Woohoo. Yeah. That's another, uh, another milestone for this team. Uh, they're the first non original six to get to 2000 second fastest to get there, um, behind only the Habs. So man, it is a pain in the ass that they only have the two cups and they were 45 freaking years ago. Um, but this has been uh, an historically good franchise. Not great, but an historically good franchise for pretty much our whole lives, which kind of makes this this run of the last, you know, really since 2011, uh, the, frustrating as hell because we're supposed to be in the playoffs and we're supposed to be in, uh, you know, in conference finals, and it just hasn't happened lately, and it's a damn shame because, man, they're always there. At least they were. Carter Hart's smile lights up the world. Carter Hart's smile lights up the world. Carter Hart is the sustainable energy that this earth needs. Uh, if it, Carter Hart could, um, could, could end global warming single-handedly. The Flyers are playing so well. Even Amac didn't have a bad game tonight. Kind of even looked like a third-pairing NHL D-man. He had a couple of plays tonight. I will give uh, Andrew McDonald that. He had a uh, backhand to clear the zone. That was big at one point. He made a couple of uh, breakups that were nice. There was one time where everyone was back. The uh, the Canucks were breaking into the zone, but everyone was back, and he still backed in like it was a three-on-one. But that's just who he is. Uh, overall, yeah, Andrew McDonald wasn't uh, absolutely terrible tonight. And in games like this, I'm not going to, you know, you know how I feel about Andrew McDonald. I'm tired of criticizing the guy. I'm bored with it myself. Tired of hearing it come out of my mouth. Nolan Patrick has been phenomenal, or has been dominant, heart phenomenal. Yeah, Patrick uh, has definitely picked it up lately, without a, without a doubt. And uh, maybe it's just a, uh, maybe it's just he's playing better, and so you know he's better every night lately. 
but I do think there was at least a little bit of uh oh, you think uh, you think they would have been better off drafting Pedersen, huh? That's how you feel? Because I've said it. I've said it a couple of times on the show, you know? Um, so I hope that did motivate him tonight. But, yeah, overall, I mean, regardless of tonight, he has looked much better. <laughs> Lose for who? I like that. I like that. He was known from this day forward as Carter F. and Hart. We need to get, like, ECW-style shirts made of that, I think. I'm going to work on that there. Uh, whose idea was that? Uh, Sam. Uh, thanks, Sam. I'm going to work on that one. Too early to get a heart jersey? It's never too early. Uh, he's going to be 79. I've mentioned it a couple times before. Look up Carter Hart number 79. I forget what publication it was in, but there was a good article about why he's going to wear 79. If you're not already in love with the guy, and at this point you're the last one, um, it, it, you'll like him even more. Remember that feeling when Halliday would take the mound? That's the feeling I get when Hart is starting. I can't say I'm there that I'm there yet, but I understand what you're talking about, David. Um, yeah, I mean, Halliday by the time he by the time he got to Philly was already a uh, was already a Hall of Famer. But um, yeah, I, I, I see. I, I know what you're getting at. It's just there's now a certain even for a 20 year old with I mean, what's he now? 10, five, and one, I think, is his, uh, is his career record. Um, I, I think there's an expectation now that it's like we're going to – he's going to give us a chance to win. And that is, the, that is what you can ask out of your goalie more than anything. I mean, he made the spectacular saves tonight. He held strong on some scrums, all that stuff. At the end of the day, your goalie needs to give you a chance to win, and he is doing that and then some. Forget chance. He is giving them victories. <laughs> you, you win – you get out. You, you you score two goals. You get out shot eighteen to four in the third period. You're probably going to lose that game, right? Nope, not with Carter Hart. TK has to stop with the stupid turnovers. Ah, I'm not going to criticize TK tonight, uh, but guys who carry the puck a lot are going to turn it over. Um, as long as he's producing points, no one cares about the turnovers. The turnovers happen. They mean you're trying to make plays happen. Um, there's different things he could clean up in his own zone. I, I don't think TK is all the way there yet. Most 21, 22-year-old guys aren't all the way who they're going to be yet. Uh, a ton of potential. He definitely has some things to tighten up and work on. But you see the potential with TK. It's just so nice to see the mistakes not in the back of the net. And that is huge. When And you see the confidence it builds, and they're so much more – they're just so much more likely to take a risk and to create a big play because they don't feel like – look at how effective the pinch game has been lately, not only from the point men, but just denying zone exits. I just feel like this team is more aggressive overall. I think the place we see it the most maybe, the most difference, the place it's most obvious is on the penalty kill. But just look at the way this team defends zone exits, the way when the other team does finally get the puck uh, and tries to break out. The Flyers are creating second and third chances for themselves by being aggressive right at, their, uh, uh, right at the offensive blue line and taking away those, uh, taking away those breakouts and making uh, opportunities for themselves. And I think a lot of it is because of the confidence uh, they have in their goaltender. If they miss and all of a sudden it's an odd man rush, it might not end up in the back of the net, which is uh, every single odd man rush was a goal, it felt like. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm way off here. But that's what it felt like, right? Every single time the other team had a two-on-one, it was a goal. It has to be nice for the five skaters knowing not every mistake or every other mistake ends up in the back. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Um, what do you know? What do you know? Goaltending and power play equals wins, and they're they're getting the the penalty kills as well. Carter Hart. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, who saw the Jillian Fisher video today? That's um, that has perhaps supplanted the first time I had a. Um, a seat with my name on it for a playoff game. Um, that was the highlight of my career, I would say. It was the Flyers-Rangers. Uh, shit, I can't even remember what game it was. It was um, the playoffs in 2014. 
Uh, it was the game Carcillo had that had that goal. Uh, that was the first time I ever had a playoff seat with my name on it in the press box. Jillian Fisher doing the Carter Hart baby shark thing uh, supplanted that as my career highlight today. Love Lawton getting extended ice time with how good he has been playing, almost 21 minutes. Yeah, and I thought he made a couple of mistakes tonight, just a couple of misplays. But overall, I always say it might only be 10 minutes a night, but Lawton can play for my team anytime. And when it's not a complete – like, this isn't a complete team yet. You know, they're winning, and it's great, and it's fun, and we have Carter Hart, and we have a bunch of the young guys stepping up. But as long as this isn't a complete team, give Scott Lawton all the minutes in the world. Because when you have a guy with that kind of experience suddenly playing in your bottom six because you legitimately have six really good top six forwards, that's awesome. Carter Hart is the man. There's no denying that. Absolutely no freaking denying that. Man, I can't wait to see Hart play outside under the lights in a few weeks. That's going to be fun. And you know what? I It's a little thing, but I do um, have this – I love the Phantoms just in that I used to – a lot of you know. When I was a little kid, me and my dad were uh, Phantom season ticket holders. I was there in 98 when they won the Calder Cup. Uh, Frank Bylois, have his bobblehead right here, my all-time favorite hockey player. Uh, I just have this affinity and this love for the Phantoms. And to see Hart rocking the uh, – Rocking the Phantoms helmet. I don't know. I just really liked it tonight. Just need some help on the defensive end and on the back lines and playoffs, baby. Uh, listen, if they can go out and get a guy who's going to help going forward, that's awesome. I don't want any rentals. Rentals are no. Uh, if, if Mark Stone or Artemi Panarin or who the hell ever comes with an extension, um, uh, top four defensemen of some kind, if there is some sort of term attached to them or they sign an extension upon being traded here, I'm for it. But, uh, man, just go with this group. Just go with this group unless there's something that will help beyond this year because while I'm enjoying this eight-game winning streak, and it is – I even said this at our show on – um. We had the big podcast round Philly Flyer, the Flyers podcast roundtable at Bullies uh, on uh, on on Saturday after the Oilers game, and it was a you know it was everyone there. It was it was a big group of uh, all the city's uh, Flyers podcasters, and we talked about how we have seen this before, and it's not like this is some new thing. But I will put one caveat on that, as I did there. Yes, we've seen this team be streaky. We've seen them you know do things like this before. We've never seen it with a legit goaltender, which it appears we have in Carter Hart, a franchise goalie. We've never done it with, you know, 20 minute a night Travis Sanheim. We've never done it with Oscar Lindblom suddenly looking like he can play at this level. Nolan Patrick looking like he can play at this level. Wayne Simmons last year was freaking hurt the whole year, uh, especially in the second half when they went on their run. They did it largely without Wayne Simmons. Now he's contributing, even if he's not scoring every night, just seeing him and his line out there, they win a lot more shifts than, you know, he was winning in the beginning of the season. So while I will say we've seen this before out of this team, not quite. It's a little different because they have heart and a lot of these youngsters stepping into roles um, they previously weren't in. Winnipeg should want Simmons. Um I think Winnipeg or Nashville are good landing spots for them. Uh, I think maybe Kyle Dubas is a little too smart to fall for giving up what a Wayne Simmons might cost in terms of a trade, uh, but Toronto could use him. I just don't know if he's willing to part with what it would take to get him. But uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of places Wayne Simmons could land. What are some destinations for Simmons? I just gave you a couple. Uh, hey, Bill, Hart is fantastic. Patrick had another strong game. What are your thoughts on Vorobiev so far? I'm glad you uh, asked that, Scott, because a lot has been made. I don't know what his actual work ethic is. I don't know what his actual attitude is. Um, but just from what I'm seeing, I don't think he's lazy or anything out there. I just think he's trying to be a little too fine, a little, I hate to say too finesse, because you get the idea that he's too soft, and I don't know if that's the case, because... I, you know, I'm not watching – I don't know everything about his game yet. I, I just don't have enough of a sample size to see it. But I just think he's trying to feather passes. I think he's trying to be too perfect with the puck, and he's just trying to lay things in there so perfectly 
it's it's like they're getting cut off because he's more I got to get it over this guy's stick so I got to take a little something off of it and get it over his stick and rather than just make the hard play you know what maybe you're not going to make this perfect zone entry pass but the puck's going to get in deep um and I am all for like controlled entries and stuff like that and I, I understand making good passes but sometimes you just got to make the easy play and I think he's trying too hard to make something happen rather than do that little thing, especially as a fourth-line center. Um, overall, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for his development to learn what he can and can't do at this level. But all of a sudden, this season turned into winning games and not, okay, we're going to take a little here and here and see who builds on whatever. Now it's just like, dude, go out and you got to get it done, however. And I don't know. I, I can't say I'm a little disappointed in Vorobiev, but I he has a lot he needs to work on. Um, not to say I think he's going to be terrible, not to say he's never going to improve, none of that. I'm just, I just see a lot he has to work on just in terms of being, when you say tougher out there, it's people take it the wrong way, but just be, play hard, play with more of an edge, play hard. I, like, I, I don't think it's hustle. I just think he needs to be tougher. I, 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 it's hard for me to explain. I guess Chuck Fletcher putting the entire team on the trading block with the exception of Hart and Drew, who was a wake-up call, keep the wins coming. Uh, there's something to be said for for that. I mean, we saw um, it was – it had a little bit of an effect. Uh, you know, the, the Dallas Stars CEO calling out Sagan and Ben. Um, I mean, it was obvious that this team was in the position it was in when uh, Fletcher said the things he said. Uh, clearly no one's untouchable because why would they be? What have they done to prove that, oh, what could we ever do without this guy? Nothing. As much as we like some of these players, and I really do, my list, like I say, uh, you know, I'm not trying to go out of my way to trade Shane Gostisbehere, but if a good hockey trade is there, I'm not going to hate it, uh, like, just out of pocket. Just, oh, yes, bad trade. There's a high potential to lose such a trade. But what has what have any of these guys done? And, you know, the return has to be great for me to want to move a Sean Couturier or Travis Konechny or something. But I'm not saying right away they're untouchable. But at this point now, I kind of just want to play it out. And if a big move is there to be made, it can be made in the offseason. <laughs> we gained seven points in one week. It's incredible. If we win 10 in a row, do we miss the playoffs again? I was thinking about that today, how funny it would be to do it twice in three years. To win 10 in a row, and obviously they still have to get there and they have to win the next two games, and then not make the playoffs, which is still possible. Not only possible, but probably likely, um, because this isn't sustainable. Um, I mean, if Carter Hart keeps playing this way, who who freaking knows what sustainable is? We've never seen a goalie, so, uh, you know. But it would be really damn funny to two year, or two out of three years win 10 in a row and miss the playoffs, and in that sandwiched year, that middle year, make the playoffs and lose 10 in a row. My God. Hey, Bill, 54 points, two teams with 56 above us. Then the playoff teams, can we do it by the trade deadline? I don't see why not. I mean, gee, this is this is uncharted territory here, guys, because uh, Carter Hart, what, what else can he say? What's the ceiling for Lindblom? Has looked like a new guy as of late. Could he turn into a top six guy in the future or better suited as a third liner? Um, you know, he's looked like a guy, I think, to me, like true – what he is, you know, um, he's a third liner. That said, when you have him out there with guys like a guy like Couturier, those two are a good match because of their solid two-way play. Couturier goes to the net. Limblom likes to uh, Limblom likes to get the puck behind and work from there. I see. I see that as a good match. And when we talked about what JVR is. Um, JVR, true talent, top six forward. How's he most effective? Well, last year he had a career high in goals and played 14 minutes a night. 
And it's if you have that complete top nine, you can do things like play a more talented guy on the set on the third line and bump up a Limblom. Like a middle six is the ultimate role, I think, for a Limblom. Um, to me, he's a third liner. You play on your second line because you have a good second liner who's a good match with your three C, something like that. That's what I'm trying to say here. Um, but who, I mean, he could continue to improve, and that's just about work ethic and uh, figuring different things out and how good of a player he is mentally. He could work his way up into being a true second liner, you know, um, but that's to me what he is. A third liner you play on the second line because he's got that good two-way game. He's a good match with maybe whoever your 2C is, um, and you have that, like, second liner you can play on that third line and win a lot of third line matchups like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh does with a Phil Kessel playing on the third line. He's not a third liner, but damn, that's a it, it helps you win a lot of games because of it. Bill, keep Gudis or nah? <sighs> Depends on what kind of situation they're in. I like Gudis a lot. I also think Gudis has value, and it would depend on a return. But um, you can always – him having term left also – means you can move him in the offseason if you do other things, like bring in a top-four defenseman. And I, I really like Arad Kugudis, and you're going to need veterans, and you're going to need guys like him. However, I wonder, like, if Sam Moran is a good third-pair defenseman and Phil Myers is who we think he might be, and if they go out and get somebody, it's it's I, I don't want to move him now. I did it when this team looked like it was just the season was totally over. Um, I did want to move him because why not move every single player with value? Um, who, you know, may or may not factor into the future. But I see a way for him to factor into the future depending on other moves. And to me, those moves aren't going to come until the offseason. So, you know, if you can get a great player for him, like in an offseason trade as him in a package, absolutely. Uh, is it worth keeping Simmons and losing him for playoffs if we have a shot at the playoffs? They're finally playing how we expected them to play before the season started. Yeah, and that was my thing before the season started was if he's going to help you make a playoff run for a team that hasn't won a series since 2012, uh, you have a bunch of young guys, you want to get them that playoff experience. My thought was losing him for nothing in a year you're supposed to be taking a step forward um, You know, wasn't the worst thing in the world. And then, of course, as the, as the year started and progressed through December, it was like, Jesus, what's the point of keeping anybody with any trade value? Uh, this team stinks. And I wanted to absolutely move him. I still think it's the smart thing to move him. And like, I also believe if July 2nd, July 3rd, July 4th come around, and Wayne Simmons isn't getting the deals that he's looking for, uh, I assume he's looking for a JVR type deal, five, six, seven years at seven million, something like that. If all of a sudden you can go, hey man, uh, to me because I'm different than everybody, I I get that because I have no problem giving him term if he wants to play for four million bucks. Um, but that's an after that's a bring him back after you've traded him scenario. Uh, I don't think that's going to occur because someone's going to overpay him. Um, but I, I just think you have to because. It's uh, it's tough. They're in a weird situation. Chuck Fletcher is in a tough, tough spot here um, because it's it's tough. If Stolarz plays well, do you think they try to trade him and have Elliott as the backup? I I, I, I don't want to see Elliott or Neuvert again. I think Stolarz is a guy who um, – you retain his rights. He's an arbitration-eligible RFA after this year. Um, I think you find out about Stoli here because – it could be a situation where the backup of the future is plopped into your lap, you know, where maybe he is that guy who can play 30 games for you next year. I don't know, but um, it would be a real advantage to have a, a goalie tandem costing you like less than $2 million next year, you know? Can they fit Moran or Myers in the lineup if they keep winning? Depends on other moves, but you do have to – I mean, keep winning is a – is a tough thing because we have the deadlines the 25th, I believe. I mean, today's the fourth. So between now and then, and I didn't expect Moran up until after the trade deadline, just because of how the roster numbers were going to end up looking and how his, um, what his clock would look like on a, on a rehab conditioning assignment, whatever in the AHL. 
Um, I didn't think we were going to see Moran until then. The GM has said, the GM has said Phil Myers has earned some games, and that means he's good enough to help you win. Um, man, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a weird. They're in a weird spot uh, because how do you take even if we know that Phil Myers has a higher true talent level has a higher true talent level than Andrew McDonald? How do you take McDonald out of the lineup? If he, if they're winning, it's just one of those, I, I, I have no problem doing it. That's not, I'm not trying to justify keeping him in. I'm just telling you what happens in hockey. They don't take out the veterans on teams who are winning for guys with zero NHL experience, like a Phil Myers has, or five games or whatever the hell it is that Sam Moran has. Um, it's, um, I, I am, I wish I had more answers for you. I feel like I'm being real wishy-washy here. I just don't. I don't fully know how I would handle it because I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around this goddamn eight-game winning streak, let alone what they should do moving forward. Because fuck, man, if, if Carter Hart really is the truth, I don't know what this team's ceiling is right now. I, I ah, that's that's how I, I is my actual opinion on this team. I, 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 that's who I. That's what I feel. Finally, we can trade without fear. Uh, TK needs to simplify his game a little. Dude can be so wild at times. That's he needs to. I like that he takes risks and stuff, but there's certain little dumb things he does in his own zone that he could uh, take away. But I thought he played a decently responsible game tonight. Uh, blocked some shots, and I don't. He's to me, he's that guy you play on your third line, who's a second liner. Um, on a good third line. It's not you don't bump them for freaking Michael Roffle like they did in the playoffs last year. That's dumb. But like on that complete team, if you have, okay, this is what we're going with. We can move these guys around. That kind of his offensive talent on a third line, a good third line, uh, with a center who drives play and you know, uh guys who can take advantage of the space he creates with his speed and his skill. Yeah. Um but there are, again, things he can clean up and things he can work on, as there are with pretty much every 21 or 22-year-old in the league. Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey. He has stuff he could be better at. Now, he's like the most functionally fast player since Pavel Bure, and just every time the puck's on a stick, he creates a scoring chance because he blows by everybody. But there's still stuff he can work on, and he's that good. So the fact that TK has things he can work on isn't, like, concerning because he's got a pretty good baseline. What he is right now is pretty good if he keeps improving on it. Um, he'll be a very he'll be a great player. But yeah, I mean, you watch him and you can see some little things he needs to clean up. Patrick said, obviously Hart is going to be a superstar for a long time, so it's nice to have him on your side. Uh, I, I, one more thing about Hart, just because it, it was one of the things that stood out to me, because we've said it a bunch of times, um, and we said it in comparison to other guys. Um, like at when you see Hart and you see a Felix Sandstrom, say at rookie camp or dev camp or whatever it is, you know, um, and Hart is just there and he makes the save and that's it. And Felix Sandstrom is out there looking like Dominic Hasek sometimes because it's a three-on-three tournament and he's diving across the crease. And it's always been, well, Hart, you know, is the positionally sound guy who just makes the save and the other ones are the athletic highlight reel saves and that's not really Carter Hart's game. And then we get the freaking highlight real save of him diving across the crease tonight. Uh, I really, really enjoyed seeing that. I am super dehydrated right now, fam. Sorry, I have to keep taking uh, breaks to drink water out of my huge plastic pool glass. But Happy 2000, everybody. Yo, Y2K, we got to look out for it with this 2000th win. Can't believe my, uh, can't believe my microphone's working. Before Hart, this team would have lost this game 8-2. to two. Can we start dating things now using uh, Hart starting Philly uh, before Hart, after Hart, B-H-A-H? I have no problem with it. Franchise savior, Carter Hart. He's come to redeem all of our fandom. Someone's going to have a problem with me saying that. <laughs> Blue Jackets are trending down in a big way. My only worry is Carolina, who we have trouble with, but we're going to Tampa first round, LOL. Hey, what's Tampa ever done? You know, they're chokers at this point. They're the new Caps. And, of course, the Caps are the Caps, and then they did it, so Tampa's bound to do it one of these days, you would think, right? 
But anyone can beat anyone in the NHL playoffs. That's the fun of it. Um, I The one-and-done stuff is – it is old. I, I fully agree with anyone who's like, I'm not trying to just see four or six playoff games and that's it. But playoff experience is playoff experience. Just being in that atmosphere, I think it really helped Oscar Lindblom last year seeing what that was like, even though he came out of the lineup and he wasn't playing his best hockey and suddenly winning those battles that he, he – he, suddenly he wasn't winning those battles that he was winning – just to know and feel and see how the intensity gets ratcheted up in the playoffs, I don't think it can hurt. And especially now that we have Carter Hart, I would love to see him take shots from Steven Stamkos in the playoffs, you know, just to know what that's like to face Kucherov and Stamkos or, you know, Braden Point in a two-on-one or whatever. Like, I think that's uh, – couldn't hurt, right? Hart losing to Calder will feel almost as bad as Ghost losing to KHL veteran Panarin. I mean, Pedersen was drafted after Hart, so it's not the same as that, but I had no problem with Panarin winning either. So, How can a goalie play amazing, get a shutout, and then ride the bench because of Calder Hart? I mean, Hey man, that's a uh, that's that's the backup's goal. Is you're just hoping to get you know more more quality starts than not out of your backup, and that's what I'm hoping. Um, Anthony Stolarz can be if he's more than that. If you go in with maybe a true tandem next year because they're both young and you don't want to put the pressure of fifty plus starts on any one guy, that's cool. Um, if you don't have to spend the money on a veteran, even better, spend it on some of these big name free agents who are coming up. Because I want to go out and spend this summer. I don't want to spend stupid money like uh, you know, like we have in the past. I don't want to go get. 32-year-old just bought out Vanilla Cavalier or anything. That's not what I'm talking about. But let's take a look at some of these pending free agents. Now, a guy like, you know, Eric Carlson's at the top of my list. I don't even care. I believe Eric Carlson might be at this point a guy whose games played you have to manage. He might be a guy who only plays 70 games for you. You just got to keep him. You just got to keep him and get him going into the playoffs. That might Even if that's the case, I st- he's still at the top of my list. Um, but uh, there, there's a lot of guys I want to go out and spend money on. If you don't have to spend a goal on a goalie, it's, uh, yeah, it helps out. So let's see here. Uh, can we sort by? Let's sort by points a game. I think that'll be the best way. To, oh, it's not letting me sort. Ugh. All things I should always do. Sort. Oh, here we go. Sort by points per game. Update results. Oh, look at that, yeah. Goddamn fucking ascending, descending. I never know which is which. Because, like, I, you know, I should know what words mean, but I don't. All right. This isn't working out for me. Cap Friendly's being uh, paid in the ass. But you know who these some of these free agents are. Duchesne and Stone, uh, both from Ottawa. Of course, Eric Carlson, Artemi Panarin. I want one of these guys. I'm going to go out and spend money and make this team deeper because – Let's do it. We have the young assets that can improve, that can help improve this team either on the ice or by trading them for things that can help. Uh, I'm not saying trade them all. Just identify the ones you think are core pieces, and the others are guys who you're willing to part with and go from there because none of these – we're never going to be able to p- play all these guys, and we're never going to be able to pay all these guys. So I, I, I really want to go out and spend this offseason, but I want to spend smart. Go out and get a dynamic talent or two um, – don't block guys who you think might be pending, you know, who might be stars in the future, but it's time to start winning again. Time to start winning again. Really, man, like it's, we have the goalie. We have the goalie now. The thing that has held us back more than any one thing, and I'll say that number one defenseman has been almost as big of a deal as number one goalie. I think it's a little underrated uh, in terms, because goalie is the guy, you know, it's the one guy standing back there in the big pads who stops the goals from going in. But I will say, number one defenseman has been as big, as almost as big of a hole as as a goalie for all this time. But I think we have a lot of the pieces that'll help us move forward right now. So it's time to start winning again. Bill, who do you think the Flyers can get at the trade deadline? It's I I'm really not unless it's somebody who comes with term or somebody who comes with uh, an extension. I'm not trying to add. I kind of want to ride this out. Um, that's 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 me right now. 
Does this run up to the? Does this run uh, up the chances for Quenville? Win for Quen. I like that. Um, I like that. Let's do it for the stash. Uh, he's going to have his pick of jobs. There's only even teams that have coaches. Like unless you have freaking Johnston or Johnston, unless you have like Sullivan or Babcock or one of the one of the top five coaches. Uh, I believe Peter DeBoer is one of those guys personally. Uh, but like Barry Trotz, other unless you have one of those guys, you know you're gonna want. Joel Quenville. Um, he's going to have his pick of jobs and he's going to want to go somewhere he can win a freaking cup because that's what these, that's great coaches really only help great teams. That's, they're the guys that put you over the top. Like Ken Hitchcock was for us at a point, like Laviolette was for us at a point. Um, they're the guys who you think you have a Stanley Cup team, otherwise you bring them in. He's going to identify the team he thinks he can win a cup with. And if it's not us, um, you know, everyone's going to offer him a ton of money. We can offer more than a lot of teams, I guess, just because the, we're the Flyers. But I, um, I, I do think if they sustain this and keep this going and show a true talent level higher than they showed, much, much higher than they showed in the first half of the season, it can only help our chances at landing, you know, the big fish. Because Quenville's as big of a free agent this offseason as any of the guys I just named who actually play on the ice. If they hire a new head coach, keep Gordon as an assistant. I'm cool with Gordon staying in the organization. And if the new coach likes Scott Gordon, keep him around. And I, I think Scott Gordon has absolutely earned himself a role in this organization um, somewhere. But I'm not saddling a new coach with anyone. If Quenville is the new coach and he wants to bring in his freaking brother-in-law and some dude who he was taking shots with in, in the parking lot of Bears games, guess what? He can have them because that's how I'm going to empower a new coach. I'm going to give him autonomy over his coaching staff. Um, if he likes Scott Gordon and wants to keep him, sure, have at it. All yours. If Gordon wants to go back to the Phantoms, he can absolutely do that. If Gordon wants to stay on as director of player development or some other freaking role we make up for him so we can keep him around, awesome. Um, if we get you know, snubbed by all the other coaches out there, whoever's available, and we keep Scott Gordon around, I think we could do a lot worse. But uh, I, I'm not at the point where I'm like, yes, we, we need to keep, you know, Scott Gordon as an assistant because, it, like, yeah, I, I like the guy. You know, he seems to have personality. He showed up to our event on Saturday. Like, come on. He came to freaking Bully's Pub and took questions from from Charlie O'Connor and uh, some of some of uh, some of the podcasters, like, and that's awesome. Uh, and it was during you know the the part of the show with most of the working press and not guys like me. But I don't expect him to take questions from guys like me. That's not my job, and it's you know, he doesn't have to answer to me. Uh, but I give him props for even showing up to a goddamn bar and being on a podcast. Uh, you know, <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Uh, but I'm not at the point where I want to saddle whoever the new coach is with any of the holdovers. That's, I just don't like it. It's while I don't think Dave Haxtell was a good NHL coach. I, I'm not, I, I don't think it's fair that you tell him who his assistant coaches are. Scott Lawton led all forwards in ice time. Is that right? Let's give it a, let's give her a look. Connect me only 12 minutes. That was down. 1127 for Raffle. Couturier 19. Uh, where are you? Lawton 2054. Claude Giroux right behind him at 2045. But yeah, look at Scotty Lawton. Scott Lawton 2054. Uh, he's helped out by, you know, 255 on the penalty kill. But Giroux, who finished, you know, a couple of seconds behind him, actually. More power, more shorthanded time, and he had you know a bunch of power play time that uh, Lawton didn't have. So Lawton had a big game tonight. He's being given a hell of a role. I am proud of that kid. Um, yeah, Ivan Provorov, twenty-five forty-two. None of the other defensemen played. Uh, none of the other defensemen even played twenty minutes. So yeah, Lawton, one of three guys with over twenty minutes tonight, and one of them is you know regular 24-plus minute man, Ivan Provorov, and the other one is the captain and your best player. So hell of a hell of a game for Scott Lawton and a, and a big win. 
How would you feel about Kapanen for Simmer? Would love it. Uh, Kapanen or uh, Johnson. I like I like both of them a lot. I don't think Kyle Dubas would be really all that willing to part ways with either of those guys because honestly, I think it, given if you were to give them the role Simmons would go in and uh, and have there, they would put up similar numbers. So, uh, but I would like either Andreas Johnson or uh, I always want to call him Sammy. What the hell is Kapanen's first name? Kasperi Kapanen. Um, I always want to call him Sammy Kapanen. I probably have mistakenly a bunch of times on this show, but yeah. Lawton got the helmet. Yeah, man, a hell of an effort for the kid tonight. They won't move Cappy for Simmer, maybe Andreas Johnson. Yeah, that's who I love. Maybe Andreas Johnson. Yeah, that's – yeah, good call, Andrew. I, I like either of those guys. I just wonder, like, why they would part with them. But if they're willing to, I'll take them any day. Sure. This team is fun right now. That is a good thing. How not fun were they for a long time? Um, that's – man, it, it, winning is always fun, but winning the way they're winning. Like, it's not just Claude Giroux doing – having three-point nights every night. And that's fun, too. Like, last year, Claude Giroux should have been at least a finalist for MVP. You don't give him the heart, you don't give him the heart, whatever. But for him to not even be in the top three, ridiculous for what he drugged to the playoffs last year. Um, that said, when it is Oscar Lindblom, when it is Nolan Patrick, when it's a different guy every night, when it's Scott Lawton getting 21 minutes of ice time, when it's Carter Hart, when Ivan Provorov's good again, you know, when we're seeing all when Travis Sanheim is like a driving force behind this thing, it's more fun because this is what we've wanted for so long. We've wanted Drew and Katoria and Voracek and then the kids. And that's what we're getting. And it's oh man, I'm really, really enjoying it. If if I'm in a if you think I'm in a good mood tonight, you're right. Uh this was a good game. Uh in it's it's what we want. It's Carter Hart. Carter Hart just makes my life. Can you see Hart getting 12.5? It's way too early to talk about Carter Hart's extension. He's, he's It's his first year of pro. Tampa would sweep ups embarrassingly. Maybe, maybe not, because we have a goalie who could steal us a series. Who knows? They're a great team. Tampa's a great team. But they haven't won a cup lately. You know, they get beat all the time. Player for player, they are much better in the Flyers. But we see regularly, that doesn't matter in the playoffs all the time. Carter Hart is a divine-like creature that needs to be captured, subdued, and studies for scientific research purposes. That's what's going on right now. We're getting uh, – he's in the fishbowl in the, in the center. Jake had a great game. I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, huh. Jake is – well, yeah, I, I agree because I tweeted during the game that Jake is, I think – because he's paid to put up points, and he's one of the guys, if he's not putting up points, the holes in his game are very glaring because you always go, yeah, but he produces. Uh, I think Jake is one of those guys. I think Ghost is one of those guys. Like a Sean Couturier, you want him putting up points, and when he's not, it's like, oh, man, you know, you're our one C now. You need to score. Um but it's not like there aren't other elements of his game. Like Oscar Lindblom uh, has other elements of his game, and when he scores, it's awesome, but he can do things, other things as well. Um, Jake, Ghost, they need to be putting up points. That's their, you know, that's what they're here to do. And um, y you start to, when Jake's in a little bit of a slump or something, you start to go, okay, you know. I get zone entries are good, but when you turn over every other one, maybe the positives aren't outweighing the negatives every night. Um, I think lately, last couple of weeks during the streak, whatever, um, we're seeing a lot more of the other stuff out of Jake that isn't just putting up points, and boom, that creates putting up points. I think we're seeing a lot more second effort plays. Um I think he's been a big part of, uh, like you see him playing at the end of games. He shot for the empty net with a one-goal lead tonight, which I don't hate, but I know some people it bothers. Um, you know, we're supposed to be this great face-off team. I don't, I don't mind shooting for the empty net ever. I know Vancouver, I think, carried the face-off battle tonight, 52-48, so it's basically even. Um, but I just see him winning the board battles. He wasn't winning a lot this season. I see him didn't helping in that, like I talked about earlier, how we're denying so many zone exits and getting second and third chances because of how we're pinching, because of how we're forechecking. And I believe that uh, Voracek is a big part of that right now. So, 
yeah, I, I think he's had a I think he's had a good run here. I, I want to see more out of this because Voracek to me the most the most frustrating thing about Voracek to me is like I believe he has this other level that maybe we've seen in spurts, but man, I just see a guy. You don't think of him as a big guy, but he's a big guy with his skating ability, with his puck handling ability. I see a guy who could reach a whole nother level, and he just hasn't yet for whatever re- or hasn't regularly yet for another re- for whatever reason. That said, he's also a guy who, in his down seasons, is at three quarters of a point a game. You know, um, he's got a sixty point baseline. Like that's his absolute minimum. That's a pretty damn good thing to have. OMG, Stone would be a perfect fit here. Yeah, I mean, it's my my dream of Giroux, Couturier, Stone, first line. Just like you put them out against other first lines, they shut them down, and they produce offense, and then everyone else falls in line. Oh, my God. that it's I would love it. But, you know, you go out and get a dynamic talent like Artemi Panarin, and he just racks up the points too. That's fine as well. Fletcher doesn't know the pool as well as Hextall did. Who's to say he won't think Wade Allison isn't worth keeping? You know, he's got his own. He's going to have to depend on his scouts because a lot of this is about depending on your scouts. You can't see everybody, and you just have to to identify who you believe fits here, who's going to fit in the future, and the ones who you don't see a role for either because you don't think they have the same ceiling you don't think there's going to be an open spot because of other guys you have who are better, whatever. Those are the ones you have to flip early. When you look at what the Flyers are able to do coming out of that 06, 07 season, I talk about it all the time. They moved a bunch of first round picks, uh, players they'd already drafted plus the picks. Um, you know, they drafted and they traded a first rounder for, you know, Steve Eminger, which was a mistake, but then they flipped Eminger and, included Steve Downey, who's also a first-round pick, and get Matt Carl back. And as much as we blame Matt Carl, he was a good addition to this team. He helped them get to a Stanley Cup final. He was a top-four defenseman in his absolute prime here. Um, they move Ioni Pitkinen. They move uh, Lucas Spisa. And they keep Richards. And he, they keep Carter. And they keep JVR and Giroux, at least for that early point before they move JVR for you know, Luke Shen, and they make the Richards and Carter trades. I'm just saying for that run that we had from, you know, 07, 08 through 2010, 11, um, you built a team that was a Stanley Cup contender. And you did it by identifying who was going to be important to this and who could be viewed as expendable. And that's what Fletcher has to do, uh, just like Holmgren did back then. Haven't had a number one defenseman and goalie combo since Mark Howe and Pally Lindbergh. Back then, Dave, David Lee Roth had hair and a steady job. Uh, talking about my two favorite things here, puck-moving defenseman and Van Halen. I still want the guys we should have gone after in the offseason, DeHaan, Grabner, both those ships have sailed. Moving forward, still want a DeHaan type or better. Wanted Muzzin, but alas, but forward money, Panarin, Stone. Um, yeah, uh, they have a lot of options, but right now I think wait till the offseason is the best one, other than moving maybe some ancillary pieces. If um, This Simmons decision is going to be tough, but I think you have to do it. But you absolutely have to move a guy like a Michael Roffle. I don't care what you get back. You just do it because it's what you do. Um, you can fill the Michael Roffle role. I think the guy's useful. And I've always said, like, I said it about Matt Reed back in the day. He's a guy on the Detroit Red Wings a couple of years ago that you go, you know, obviously they have this guy and that guy, but you know who always is a problem for us? And I feel like that's what Michael Roffle is on a good team. Um, but he's not on – it's – we're I'm done with Roffle here, you know. What is the holdup on getting Q? Haven't heard much since they started winning. I think he just doesn't want to work this year. He's he's getting paid to sit on his ass. Wouldn't you get paid to sit on your ass if you could? Because, goddamn, I would. It's like office space. I would do nothing. Because, absolutely. Q is getting drunk on a tropical island in his Tommy Bahamas right now. Yeah, that's, I mean, again, that's what I'd be doing. Um Think Hart solves our shootout woes too? I, 
I think just being a good team solves your shootout woes. They actually – I feel like they weren't too bad in the shootout last year. They're like 2-0 and in the shootout this year, aren't they? Last I they, – I don't remember. But, yeah, I, you know, I don't really care that much about the shootout. When you lose, like, 7 out of 9 like they have some years, it's absolutely a problem, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I just think we have good shooters now, too. Like, when you have a team of Hartnell and Simmons and freaking Canoe, like, oh, when your team is just built to be a bunch of JVRs, and JVR is the, probably the most, you know, stick-handling skilled of that bunch, but I'm just, when you have when you're built to score a bunch of greasy goals, you're probably not going to do that well in a shootout. And suddenly, you know, the last couple of years, Drew hasn't been able to score in them either. Um, but I, I just think being a good team solves your shootout woes. Gotta keep Lappy. I love you, Derek. I love you. Do you think Q is a personal mustache groomer? I hope so. I think he's a he has a he has a he has a barber he's had for like thirty years. That's what I think of him. I bet you he's had the same barber since he got a job in hockey. This feels so much better than being pissed off at the world. That's I come in and I try to always have like the same energy. But going back to some of these, you know, in um. Uh, some of these post games in the midst of November and December, I was I just wanted to I just wanted to knock like people I've never met out. Like it had nothing to do with them. It like I would just see somebody in front of me in line at Target at my goddamn Starbucks, and I'd be like, I I I want to commit acts of violence against you just because you're getting a pink drink when I'm fiending for coffee. But uh, Carter Hart has solved even my even my worst anger issues. So. Is the second power play scoring two nights in a row a sign of the apocalypse? Anything's possible. Gudis is so, so steady this year. Another solid game back there. Ghost kind of scares me in the defensive zone. Ghost is what he is in the defensive zone, but he's a defenseman with 70-point potential, and those guys are, like, really, really important. Um, and I don't want to be in the defensive zone. Like, to me, defense is – if you're on defense, you've already lost the shift. You need to break out. The breakout is the most important part of hockey. Uh, you need to break out. You need to get the puck through the neutral zone and on the offense, and he helps you do that. Um, that first pass is a big, big deal. I saw a Flyers team that couldn't make one and then get Chris Pronger, who could, and then suddenly they were cup contenders, you know, along with Carl and, of course, Tiemann. Like, when you build up that kind of uh, ability to break the puck out, suddenly you're not trapped in your own end all the time. But, yeah, Radko Gudis has really, really turned his game around just in terms of um, – he was so tentative after he came back from the big suspension last year and had just a shit second half of the season. Was god awful in the playoffs, and it's good to see he's um, adapted his game and figured out what he needs to do, how he can still be a physical presence, and how he can still be effective and not run people from behind every two weeks, not swing a stick at people. Uh, it, it's it's nice to see him adapt his game and evolve and continue to be effective figure some things out. I'm a, I've always been a fan of Radko Gudis. I miss his insanity a little bit. Just a little bit of me misses, uh, you know, the butcher. But um, not having to kill five-minute majors is probably a good thing. All right. Let's scroll down, see, uh, see what people are talking about. Why isn't Carter Hart coming out to Bret Hart's music? I don't think that the players get individual entrance music. Our shootout specialists are named Frost, Ratcliffe, and Farabee. Let's hope. Uh, we always worry about being a top-line top team only. Right now, we're hedging our bets on a top goalie. Going to be a rough ride in the long term. I don't really know, don't really know what that comment means. Hey, Bill, would you make a move in the offseason to move Jake and Gudis? I mean, yeah, if it's going to improve the team, which moving those two guys, it would be tough to do better than them. But if it's there, yeah, sure. If you can get Tyler Sagan or something, absolutely. But uh, it's I always say, man, there's, there's a list of guys who uh, – there's a list of right-wingers who are better than Jake Voracek, but it's a short one. 
after Gudis really having a good year, I think he needs to stay in this retooling of the team. Uh, I wouldn't hate it. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. It's just about how it's just to me. It's about what other moves they make and what other roles they fill and how a couple of other guys come along. If you can move him and not lose anything because San Moran is just as good, or well, there's a number of ways it, it works moving him. But I wouldn't hate it if they, you know, addressed other areas of the team and kept Radko Gudis, obviously, but. Uh, I think it's just some guys like Gudis. It's going to come down to what else they do. Edler's spill. Yeah, that was scary. My God, he went down hard. Um, oof, you just fuck, man. That was ugly. All right, let's see what else here. Bill, great to hear someone actually talk hockey, the importance of the breakout and not just yell shoot. That's Hey, man, I've watched this team get trapped in their own zone enough times to know, like, hey, when we get Claude Giroux set up in the offensive zone, we create scoring chances. We just need to get there, which is why I love the pairing of, you know, him and Couturier. I understand why they're not going with it right now, but, like, in the future when this team is what it's supposed to be, I want them back together. Um, you don't have to right now, and that's you really can't right now, and that's fine. Um, but once you have some more established center depth, once we know what we're going to get on a night-to-night basis out of Nolan Patrick, uh, if someone else is brought in, like a Matt Duchesne, or if Morgan Frost steps in and is a center right away, something like that, uh, and you have that you know, stability down the middle, that's cool. Um, but until then, I get why he's playing center. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just personally not my preference for moving forward. Um, but, yeah. How is it that the Let me try that again. How is it that Latera was a regular in the lineup under Hack and a healthy scratch under Gordon? Was Hack truly awful? I hope that's rhetorical. Yes, he was the he was I just like it seems so much like he was trying to be that Herb Brooks type of um I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. Well, you know who the right players are? Like, 99 times out of fucking 99, the best ones. The best ones make the best plays. And this isn't, you know, this isn't Little League where you're trying to reward the guy who runs the hardest to first base. You're looking for the guy who gets to first base safely the most because, like, that's what counts. I I just, like, uh, he drives me nuts because... Uh, so many little things he could have done to save his own job. Like, I, like you know what we're going to do? We're going to play Travis Sanheim eight minutes tonight. Well, I don't care who, you're, who you believe your worst defenseman to be, and if you believe it's Travis Sanheim, that's a whole other issue. But let's just, let's just talk. Uh, if, if you're going to only play one defenseman eight minutes a night, and one, like, yes, you shorten your bench in the postseason, you go with your top four, you do that. But when it's just one out of 82, man, you're just shorthanding your team. Guys are going to be tired because you're only playing with four or five defensemen. Like, that, no, you just can't do it that way. And even if, let's say Travis Sanheim is, ends up being a 12-minute-a-night puck move, like offensive specialist who gets power play time, but you have to shelter and, you know, move his minutes around. And that's not what I think he is. But let's just use him as the example here because that's how he was being used. Even if that's what you think his ceiling ultimately is. In a year where you're just losing every night, give him 20 minutes and see what happens. I, I, I've never understood that, oh, yeah, well, we just have to play Andrew McDonald's second pair of minutes and because we know the mistakes he's going to make. But I, I don't know. Like, Give the kid a chance to show his high-end ability. And if you bring in guys – at some point, who are legitimately better, then, you know, at some point, you can reduce Sanheim's minutes. But I, he's a first-round pick. He's a, he's a guy who you think has legit top four potential. Let's see. And if it gets to a point where he's 24 years old and he's still this guy who isn't quite all the way there yet, then, yeah, sure. But uh, it doesn't make sense to me to only play him you know, 7 or 12 or whatever the hell minutes. Um, uh, just it, How is that how you're going to get the most out of someone? I'll never understand it. It doesn't affect us, but do you think Hack gets another shot somewhere else? 
I mean, he could probably pretty much write his own ticket in the NCAA. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a shot in the NHL again. wouldn't surprise me a little bit. Does the team as a whole have enough speed? I would like to see them get faster, but there's a lot of different ways to win. You don't have to be a track meet team. Um, now, I don't think you can be the Oilers and just have, like I said, the fastest functional player in the league and then put Milan Lucic and Pat Maroon around them and try to do that. Like, that's freaking stupid. Oh, yeah, we're going to have uh, Lucic and Maroon because they had him last year at one point, right? Or whenever they had Maroon last. Uh, we're going to have him. Yeah, we're going to have Larson. We're going to have Chris Russell. Like, no, this isn't. that's not the type of team you should build. Um, I don't even think you can really win – the way the Kings did, like being the last dump and chase heavy team. But I don't think the Flyers are a slow team. I would, uh, you can always get faster, and it's good to be fast, but I, I, I don't think necessarily they need to be a track meet team to win. Um, you know, Nolan Patrick, Sean Couturier, these guys aren't the fastest, but if they play to their ability, like they don't have to be. So, um, I would like to see them add speed, but I'd like to see them do it organically. Like just go get good players and good players tend to be able to skate, you know, Um, have fewer guys like Andrew McDonald, Patrick Maroon five. Yeah. Ross and Philly on March 4th. Damn. I got to find out about that. Interesting to see the team now versus two months ago. Nice to see them playing. Does Gordon stare? Do we get Q? Um, right now my money's on Q just because I think we're going to hopefully sustain this enough to show the team's potential. And he thinks he can pull even more potential out of it. And of course, having a franchise goaltender really helps. Um, and my hope is because, you know, it's Comcast, we make the biggest freaking offer there is. Um, that said, if we don't, if, uh, I feel that, uh, like Dave Scott and the ownership and management are going to want to make the big flyer splash, you know, go out and get the big name to be the head coach, go out and get the guy. I always say, I think we're going to end up with a coach whose name, you know, that's we're going to go and get a guy whose name, you know, that's how I feel about this, um, about this coaching search. But I think Scott Gordon has earned himself a place in this organization. Like I said, a minute ago, I don't think it should be, Like, I don't think he should just be permanent assistant. I don't think we should saddle whoever the new coach is with anyone other than guys he wants as his assistants. Um, If Gordon wants to go back and coach the Phantoms, awesome. If we want to give him a role as, you know, head of player development or whatever, you know, cool. Uh, If we bring in a big-name coach and he goes, Scott Gordon is a guy I want on my bench, awesome. But if Scott Gordon – if we go out and get Q and Gordon's like, hey, I want to coach in the NHL and I think I deserved it, I won't hold that against him either because, freak, he has. <laughs> Christ, look at what this team was before he took over. Um, yeah, you know, just just empowering guys like Travis Sanheim and having the faith to go to Carter Hart and saying, you know what, I am gonna move some things around. Just, uh, you know, I'm gonna try a five man, a five forward power play, even if it wasn't effective. Just to say. Screw it. What's the point? I'm going to try something new because the thing we're doing ain't working. Uh, so I, I I think he has earned, if he wants to continue to coach in the NHL, uh, the right to go out and do so. And if he's this team's coach next year, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. That said, I have my heart set on Coach Q, you know. I think it's more likely that Gordon would get offers from a team like St. Louis or something. I agree, Zach. That could be a spot for him. If Coach Q ends up with the Flyers, is Philly a free agent destination? And we rocking mustaches if he's hired. I mean, I'm going to be rocking. Um, I'm going to be rocking the mustache regardless. But I think, yeah, that should be a thing if we hire him. Uh, I do think it makes the team more attractive, uh, having you know a three-time Stanley Cup winning coach than not. Um, but at the end of the day, money talks. If we're going to get Artemi Panarin. It's because we offered him as much or more than somebody else. That's if we're going to get Eric Carlson. It's because it's going to be because we offered him as much or more than everybody else. Um, yeah, I'm tentative on Carlson because I think he's going to stay in San Jose, but they can't offer him the eight years until after the deadline, I believe. Uh, but damn, man, I would, I dream about Eric Carlson sometimes. 
and it's not always hockey that I'm dreaming about. And that's oh yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up here now. Um, all right, yeah, that's that's I think I think that's good. We're oh Christ, we're at an hour eight. Wow, that was fun, guys. Man, time just flies when the team doesn't suck. This is oof. I could do another hour. I'm not going to. Uh, but I could. Uh, so let's wrap it up there. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you find podcasts. Um, iTunes, that's what I use. Spotify, it's cool we're on Spotify. Somebody told me they found us on iHeartRadio or radio.com. That's really cool, but uh, you know, Google Play, all those places, wherever there are podcasts there is broad street hockey so just search for us there of course every single post game will get delivered right to the feed as will our weekly you know bsh radio our flagship show fly purbley's on our feed checking out the competition where uh, it's usually kelly and she talks to a writer or someone who covers the opponent for that night and you get a little uh, game preview with from the other side and a back and forth there uh, just so much content. Uh, we're going to be giving you more and more all the time. Uh, sounds from the locker room. So it's really worth that free. It's totally free. You just hit subscribe and boom, content right to you. So do that. Um, I don't think I have anything else to plug right now. So that's all I have for you. Again, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this every single time, but it's so much better with Carter Hart. Have a great week, everybody.